Welcome to The Lamb and the Scroll, where we unpack scripture using the rich tradition of the church. I'm your host, John Brayer, and in this episode, we'll be looking at Jesus's miracles. Okay, thanks for joining me this time for The Lamb and the Scroll. As I'm sure all of you are aware, we're living in very unique and interesting times. So at the end of this episode, I'll share a couple different offerings that I'll have for you through this podcast. Uh, But before then, I'd like to take a look at Jesus's miracles and primarily ask two questions. What are they and why did he perform them? And I thought the best way to start would be to actually start by reading one of the stories of a miracle that Jesus performed. So for this story, I'll be reading from Luke's gospel. And I'll be looking at Luke chapter 5, starting at verse 17, if you'd like to follow along. One day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with him for healing. And some men brought on a stretcher a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence, but not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles in the middle in front of Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said, As for you, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, What are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your stretcher, and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God, and struck with awe, they said, We have seen incredible things today. All right, I'd like to point out a couple things from this reading. First of all, in the very last verse, so this would be verse 26 of chapter 5 from Luke's Gospel, you see the reaction of the crowds, which was astonishment. Keep in mind for a minute, the exact same reaction was described in Matthew's Gospel after the Sermon on the Mount. Literally the exact same word, astonishment, is used. And so it's important for us to note here that through Jesus' actions, what he's doing, and his words, what he's saying, Jesus is eliciting the same response from the crowds, astonishment. They're realizing that he has some power that goes far beyond any other man. In the Sermon on the Mount, it was the authority to teach that only God had. And here, it's the authority to heal that, again, only God has. But it's a little bit more than just the physical healing miracle that takes place here. Because the Pharisees and scribes are caught off guard when Jesus claims to do something, and that's to forgive sins. And they say, God alone can do that. And that's kind of the whole point here. Jesus is showing them that he is God by performing this miracle, backing up this claim that he's making to forgive sins. Now, we've been throwing this word miracle around quite a bit already today. Before we go any farther, I want to share with you a clip from Bishop Barron as he explains from a more technical standpoint what a miracle actually is. So at this point, we'll turn to Bishop Barron. Technically, a miracle from mirari in Latin, something that's amazing, that you're amazed at. And uh, Aquinas says something that, that um, has a hidden cause. So there's a cause that is, is not apparent to us immediately. And as a result of that, we're amazed. That's a miracle. Um, in the Gospels, for example, in, in the Gospel of John, the miracles are always called signs, semea, in John's Greek. And so they're, 
they're not just like magical, extraordinary things. They're signs that are pointing to a deeper dimension. So bring those two together. It's something that's, that's amazing, whose cause we don't know immediately, and which signal to us another world or a deeper um, space. So as Bishop Barron says, a miracle is something that is amazing, whose cause we don't know, that might point us to the existence of another world, in this case, the spiritual dimension. And I think that's a really good way of thinking about what the miracles that we find in, in Scripture really are. I'll post in the show notes a resource that contains a description of some of the miracles where you can find them in Scripture. Uh, it would take way too long to share those all in one episode. But instead, I'd like to turn to the second question that I posed for today. The first being, what are the miracles? And secondly, again, the question we'll turn to now, why did Jesus perform miracles? And actually, Bishop Barron alluded to the answer to this question in his commentary that I shared with you. But to directly address this question and somewhat briefly address it, I'd like to turn to the catechism. The catechism says this, the signs worked by Jesus attest that the Father has sent him. They invite belief in him. To those who turn to him in faith, he grants what they ask. So miracles strengthen faith in the one who does his Father's works. They bear witness that he is the Son of God. But his miracles can also be occasions for offense. They are not intended to satisfy people's curiosity or desire for magic. Despite his evident miracles, some people reject Jesus. He is even accused of acting by the power of demons. And again, that's from the Catechism. I'll include the link in the show notes below. The point here is that miracles are a response to faith. And you actually see that in the miracle story that I read you earlier in this episode. Verse 20 of Luke chapter 5 begins, When he saw their faith. It's the faith of the crowd that elicits this response and this miracle from Jesus. Jesus doesn't perform these miracles to prove something to someone. He does it in response to faith. That's exactly what the catechism is saying. Miracles strengthen faith in the one who does his father's works. That's exactly what the catechism says. They strengthen faith. They invite belief in him. They're not a prove it, show it to me like the Pharisees and scribes wanted. And so as we begin to unpack Jesus's public ministry, we should see that he's beginning to unveil his divine nature, both through what he's doing here with these miracles, but also through what he's saying, as we saw with the um, Sermon on the Mount, as you would see with the I am statements, which Jesus reiterates, especially in John's gospel. And perhaps that's an episode waiting to happen in the future. But both through what he does and what he says, Jesus begins to unveil his divine nature. Now, at this point, I'll break from the regularly scheduled content for this episode and make just a couple quick comments about the situation in which we currently find ourselves. So the first thing is that throughout Lent, I've been sharing every weekday morning these reflection episodes based on a passage from the Gospel of Mark. I will continue to do that all the way throughout uh, Lent. So again, that's every weekday in the morning. So please check those out. They're titled Lent Reflection and then have a reference to Mark's Gospel. Number two, and this is a new development, since many of you are unable to attend public masses, and that's been the case in many parts of our country and really many parts of the world recently, what I'll be doing is releasing an episode every Friday at noon that basically previews the readings for the upcoming Sunday. So I know that many of you are taking advantage of these other resources like live stream masses or a variety of other resources, but I'll offer this as something else that you can do to prepare spiritually in lieu of going to mass. So again, starting this Friday at noon, you will see an episode that's related to the upcoming Sunday Masses. What we'll do is we'll read through the readings together. 
I'll offer some contextual commentary, and then there will even be a brief homily that's intended to engage you in spiritual reflection. And so the goal is that you'll get some contextual reflection based on where these stories are found in the Bible and in salvation history, as well as some spiritual reflection that you can do personally in addition to actually hearing the readings themselves. And so I hope this is a helpful resource for you as we move forward. So again, you'll start to see those this Friday. Thank you so much. I'll be continuing to pray for you. Please pray for me as well.